Okay, quick editing note here slash disclaimer. We're not used to certain adult language here on strutting and fretting, but there's a bit of it in this episode. We're aware of it, and we even joke later on about censoring certain words and even using unusual sound clips to do so. But hey, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to editing. And also, so my guests and I can present our most authentic selves, I haven't edited any of it out. So if you're cool with this, listen on. If not, that's fine too. But I do ask comedy fans to check out www.sasterpiecetheater.com before skipping to the next episode. That link and other info about today's guests can always be found in our episode notes. All eyes and no sight. Poisonous bunchback toad. The soul of this man is his clothes. Beetle-headed, flap-eared knave. Anointed sovereign of sighs and groans. Holy cats, you're listening to the dozenth, uh, dozenth, is that even a word? The twelfth episode of Strutting and Fretting, conversations with actors and performing artists from Houston and beyond. I'm your host, Timothy Eggert. Today, I'm with my uh, partners in comedy, Kay Hoffman and Michael Paris, to talk about Sasterpiece Theater. So, hey, welcome to the, to the podcast. Hi, Tim. I'm going to trip Thanks. over my tongue a lot. But <laughs> Standard. That's okay. It just what happens. we do doesn't involve talking. It's fine. Of course, yeah. So this is kind of weird uh, talking about Sasterpiece Theater as if I'm not deeply involved in it. Um, but uh, for those listeners who might not know what we do, which is I'm guessing nearly all of them, uh, can you describe uh, what we do as a team? I would also like to note that Michael and I had a conversation with each other about whether or not we should put Sasterpiece on the paper that you gave us. As a current project, because we we're like, but he knows, but he knows. He's very aware that that's what we're doing. What we're doing, Sasterpiece Theater, um, is, uh, I mean, let's just go the shortcut. It, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000? It's, it's like that. that, but we do it. Yay! Uh, <laughs> Yay! It okay. simulates the experience of watching a movie with very snarky friends who will not shut up. There you go. That's probably but not in a theater because that's rude. That would be rude. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so we've been uh, working on this for a while. I want to say. Um, Anybody else get April, embarrassed when they think about how long? Yeah, uh, um, April of 2018. Is that right? I think. Mm-hmm. That? Is that right? Yeah, or no, you're right. Just... That sounds right. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's been a while. It took us like what a year and a half to finally uh, record um, our our single one and only product right now. Uh, our uh, flagship product, uh, yeah, our, our flagship release, our there premiere, our premiere project. Uh, and to be fair, come on, Michael. To be fair, thank you. Uh, COVID kind of happened, and there was sort of a plague, and that's very relevant to not physically being around each other in order to do this thing. We also all right. really sucked at the internet for a while. So, yeah. So before COVID happened though, um, there was a like, before, there was a before COVID. <laughs> yes. Oh, even wow. for this. And, um, uh, our, my memories of this basically, uh, involve, uh, K coming from a long distance 
and um, Michael coming from not quite as long a distance uh, over to the house. Uh, my yes, house. because uh, this is performers from Houston and beyond. I am from Houston. <laughs> K is from beyond. Yes. I get that a lot. Which planet is that, Kay? Uh, it's, it's on it's the outside. It's just past bed and bath. <laughs> it's in Birdland. That's where yeah. it is. Um, so, uh, and, and we would get together, and sometimes we would, uh, we would eat and then riff and then write um, and, and drink a bit. And um, because of that, we would probably only i mean how how far did we get the first time we we did this we didn't even get through the credits right or we didn't even get through Irland's uh, speech we i think we did get to this speech but that's like as far as we got yeah we we insulted her ability to stay on topic due to spice consumption and that was very ironic considering how drunk we all were by the end of that first night. So right, yeah. We are okay. also hypocrites, just putting that out there. <laughs> and um, there, there's definitely a learning curve to uh, yeah. how much we can riff at a time. <laughs> well, we got better. I mean, well, we got so much better. <laughs> That's how curves <laughs> work. Yes. Yeah. Do you, have any, do you have, guys have any famous uh, favorite moments from you know? Our at least initial meetings. Uh, okay, the first time that Michael did the Cave of Wonders voice. Oh my god, <laughs> I just lost my absolute shit. And because this is a podcast without a visual aspect, I'm going to have to both belittle Michael and make a comparison really quick. In that, uh, if you have not met Michael Paris, he is a he's a little guy. And it's not just I am I am but we I am I am Hobbit folk and he he did this voice for the Cave of Wonders which is giant and boisterous and so deep and very just a really big voice coming out of this big body and it was just very impressive (laughs) just really blew me away it is a deep voice it is a big voice it is also killer like I, especially when we were recording that part and i had to do it again and again like we would do this again like the cave of wonders voice is my equivalent to twist and shout how they'd always have to do that last because it would always like blow his vocal cords out oh and yeah did? i didn't know that oh yeah that. but a, huh. a beatles trivia uh, that makes sense that's cool so um what about michael you, do you have oh about Oh gosh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think, I don't know if I have a specific moment, but I, I really appreciated everybody coming together and and getting to work on this. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy working with you both. I enjoyed hanging out and having a good time with you both. Um, and this is this was both of those things, you know, working and having fun, and. Um, Dune, the 1984 Dune has been like a uh, not really guilty pleasure, but it's 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 a bad movie that I grew up with, and um, I can remember a time where it was like uh, 1985, 1986, and it would be like on 
HBO literally every day. <laughs> yes, and, it was. And um, I, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie outside of having to watch it for Sasterpiece Theater. So, <laughs> you also um, like watched it so much more than any of us really wanted you to. Yeah. Like, we were like we didn't talk to you about this at the time, but we definitely started to put together a little support group to have, like because we were going to stage an intervention because you needed you needed some space. Yeah, quality control yeah. part of the the or quality control part of the project was really definitely um, well, especially since a very didn't, hard time for me. Um, you didn't seem to realize you don't have to watch the whole movie. Like, if you're yeah. worried about it sinking, you can watch the first five minutes, make sure that sinks up, come back for the last five minutes, make sure that sinks up, and the odds of something happened in the middle are minuscule. Yeah, I did eventually figure that out. Yay! Um, though there were a couple times where I, I had to learn to put it in airplane mode, because otherwise I'd get a call or something would happen, and it's oh, like, oh my god. god, why is this out of sync? And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was, um, that part was kind of terrifying. Um, so we haven't done a whole lot of projects yet. But um, it's Michael's turn. I answered and you answered. Yeah. It's Michael's turn. Oh, right. Yeah. You have a favorite yes. moment. There's three uh, of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's one more. I, I really enjoyed uh, when we would have themed drinks, the recipes for which are available at sasterpiecetheater.com. Uh, but like I in particular, the, yes, particularly the burning Benny Gesserit, I, I very much enjoyed, uh, just, you know, because that takes it, Hey, we're not just drinking together. This is on theme. This is a whole ambiance that we are setting up. Yeah. So I would like to, uh, point out that, um, of all the, uh, groups out there that are riffing movies, as far as I know, we're the only ones that have drink recipes. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much, Kay, for that. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what else? Um, I'm just like so. So, Dune was the initial project. Um, what's? I, I mean, I know what's in the future for us. Um, I'm excited about it. I I don't know if all of our details have been worked out yet, but um, I'm thinking. Uh, random Twitch movies will be uh, a, a thing to riff in the near future on a semi-regular basis. Ah, hell yes. I am so... Wait, can we swear? Um, we didn't go over that. Um, yeah! I can, you, go, you go right over you, you go right over and do that. No one has yet so far. Um, but I can always bleep it I'm out. I'm so fucking excited Yay. about doing this shit on Twitch. <laughs> I'm lit, let me tell you. Is there any way we can we can bleep over swear words with like the shield sound effects from the movie or uh, or the the weirding modules? I'm sure that we can make that happen. That sounds like like I'm I am gonna... so chaka excited for this to, to come out. <laughs> I am going to uh, jot that down. Shield I love how effects. everybody else is very like concerned and respectful, and I was like, hey, I just ask first. But also, fuck. So, don't you know that fuck is a killing word? <laughs> In the hands of Moadib. Uh, okay. Got good hands. I almost like like I don't 
I don't think we need to drop uh, anything about Dune and and explain that to anyone. But um, if you're not familiar with Dune, there's a lot about this podcast that I'm sure is going to be confusing. Um, so we just should do like a wide episode that's just us talking about fucking Dune. That would be so awesome. <laughs> you opened the floodgates. Oh God. <laughs> What have you done? We have thousands oh. of such caches, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Only oh. a few of us know where they all are. And uh, one day. Good Lord. I know where they all are. Urban Dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Urban Dictionary should have its own theme music, and it should be from Toto. Fabulous. Um, Prophecy theme. Uh, I do want so, to put out there, if you're not familiar with the 1984 Dune, uh, I do suggest watching it before our riff uh, for the same reason that I suggest that people watch Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, just on their own before they see a live show. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch the riff, the live show, you'll be like, wow, these people are talking all over this movie and I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> and if you watch it alone, you'll be like, oh, no, I don't understand what's going on because this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. People were just also talking. <laughs> yes. uh, so this is, of course, assuming you uh, haven't seen Dune before and can get through it um, without us. So um, <laughs> uh, to, uh, for, for what it's worth, though, because I'm not going to do that to Michael Weiss today, right now. Yeah, right now. Uh, my friend, uh, a friend of mine, Carrie, she had never seen Dune at all and watched it for the first time via the riff with a group of people. Very drunk, mind you. And she said she had a fantastic time. And then that caused her to go back and watch the movie separately. Oh, wow. And yeah, she and uh, she commented that uh, it definitely made the movie a lot better to have like our internal track in her head as she went. Oh, good. And, and another one of my friends who came to our first live performance of Dune that we did at the Texas Renaissance Festival, which is where we all met, hooray, hooray. Uh, was a friend of mine named April, came to that one and approached me after we were done. And mind you, we started this at like 10, like we started this really late at night after yeah. people had had a full long day and most of them had gotten up at 5 a.m. or 6. And the, these people stayed for the whole thing, so dedication but at the end of this thing it's like midnight uh my friend comes up to me and she goes look i gotta tell you i fucking hate that movie david lynch (laughs) is out of his mind and i don't know why anyone gives him money ever (laughs) ever at all but i loved this this was great when are you doing another one (laughs) i'm I'm so glad people enjoyed it like this isn't probably what Gandhi was talking about when he said, be the change you wish to be in the world uh, or wish to see in the world. But, uh, you know, it's it's up there, I think. Yeah. Gandhi wished to see shitty movies, as do we all. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. Um, and the, uh, the next thing we're working on is, uh, drumroll, um, please, uh, is, is called Animal Protector. And it is awful. And Kay, since you found this movie, um, uh, why don't why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about what our next project is? Uh, credit where it's due. Uh, shout out to my buddy Kent Cook for giving me this god awful train wreck of a movie. Mm. Um, uh, it is 
a, a Swedish movie filmed in in Sweden, um, and it stars David Carradine of Kung Fu: The Legend Continues, Kill Bill, you know, Kung Fu, like you know, lots of stuff where he's pretending to be Asian and he is not. Um, and <laughs> not in this movie. Not in this movie. <laughs> this movie. I don't know he's what he's movie. pretending to be in this movie, but he is not good at it. Uh, sober, he's pretending to be sober. Yeah. I don't think he's even doing that. No. I, you can see it. There, there's like a little bit where he's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta be a professional. So, give me that smear off. I need to sober up. So, in this movie, uh, we are introduced to a cheap Michael Landon lookalike uh, and three girls from uh, the band Jam and the Holograms. Uh, before they get famous and they're all getting together to go to an island where something is happening with guys in uniforms and very drunk visibly drunk david carradine Uh all of those things happen at the same time but none of them actually have anything to do with each other so that's the movie Okay. How how dare he be drunk while producing a piece of cinema? We at Sasterpiece <laughs> do not look kindly at creating art while intoxicated. <laughs> Standards must be met. And if mm-hmm. you cannot perform and create art sober, what are you even doing? Everyone knows that that's crucial to creating anything at all is stone cold sobriety huzzah Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so uh just to uh wrap up about um current projects uh our comedy commentary for dune is currently available at sasterpiecetheater.com it is only five dollars it is well worth the price in my opinion um you uh, no, will... totally unbiased opinion. Exactly. It, is, it no. is the best thing that has ever been produced by mankind. For $5. <laughs> I'm going to start an OnlyFans, but like you have to buy the movie to get any of my content. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. That sounds good to me. Just um, on you, it's just me in like a still suit. <laughs> Suckers. Send dunes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, just FYI, here up, so. FYI, uh, yes, here up is great to indicate in a non-visual medium. Thank you for that. Oh, for those that just are picture here watching. wherever you want. No, 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 no. Let them sign up for the OnlyFans. Picture here wherever you want You're it right. to be. Right. Ooh, marketing strategy. Marketing strategy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Always got to listen to my judgment on these things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um. Unfortunately, Universal owns the uh, rights to Dune, so you'll need to prepare your own copy of Dune, which if you already have HBO Max, you have it already. And you're Um, also a nerd. Yeah. Um, And syncing up our track is very, very easy, and the instructions are included. So, um, And when we get around to doing Animal Protector, it won't be a problem, because Animal Protector is... So bad, uh, nobody yeah. owns the rights it. anymore. Exactly. Um, so you won't have to sync up anything. Everything will be included. Um, you will, will however, think your grip on reality has become loose. And oh, yeah. it's better if you just kind of roll with it until the movie's over. It will. It makes things better for everybody. Trust me. Right. 
If I had uh, not watched that with other people, I would think it was a fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just really, really softcore, um, like PETA. Um, you know, um, why can't I find words? Words escape me. Um, That's okay. You know, just to say of... softcore PETA porn, I'm. I'm not porn um, propaganda. It was another P word. Oh, like, uh, yeah. I don't know that you usually propaganda. use the word softcore with that. Uh, yeah, well, that... I mean, there, are, there are bunnies. So... How do you define? Is that like <laughs> propaganda without penetration? What? Yes, exactly what that is. It's like... but look, there's also spiders. So mm-hmm. their message is lost because they're spiders. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There might be some editing on this part. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's no fair. Boo. Yeah, boo. boo. Be strong. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. Um, Find the and... uncut episode at patreon.com. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Oh, my God. See? This is, why, this is why Michael's in charge of marketing. He's the idea man. <laughs> Oh, and now yes. for 30 straight seconds of swears and sex jokes. <laughs> Go. <laughs> okay. It's like, please don't. Moving on. <laughs> so, I'm ready, though. I, yes, I think we've we've covered everything uh, Sasterpiece like. Um, I, I think we can move on to the Fretworthy Five. Fret right, 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 right. Worthy Five. I don't remember if you guys remember me talking about this last week, but this is where I ask like five random questions that have nothing to do with the performing arts at all. And um, you can hit skip on any of these questions. I've got like eight of them. And if we run out, I guess I'll have to come up with some off the top of my head. Let's do the fretworthy 15. I'm, the, I'm, I'm, also, <laughs> I'm also disappointed. I was not issued a skip button. Oh, Man, I want to hit stuff. You can just like punch me in the face on your. You're not here. Well, I'm on the screen. I would hope you wouldn't punch me in the face if I was there. (laughs) My my monitor. What the hell? Oh, you've got an easy button. There you go. Ah, math. Can we can we use that audio? It's hot. If you hit it. <laughs> Out of all the companies like Universal and Warner Brothers and things that we thought might sue us someday, if we get taken down by Staples. Staples. <laughs> well, when she hits the easy button, I can always, yeah, I shouldn't replace it with something Gurney says. I should just leave it. At this, um, at this you point, should replace those... it with that's for cattle and love play. I think between those and the F-bombs, we will have used enough of the Dune movie that they still can sue us for having had over 30 seconds of it. Oof. Yeah, probably. I'll just Wait, David Lynch is going to sue us over F-bombs? He won't, he won't sue us over Dune, for sure. Universal might, but he he's disowned Dune. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Anytime he's uh, in an interview and he's asked about Dune, he gets very sad. And says, "Yes, that was a very, that was a very tragic time in my life." And oh, my socks are on fire! Yeah, so yeah, but you know what? He's super proud of the movie where he himself is interviewing a monkey who is using his voice and his mouth to respond as they talk about fucking a chicken 
that they are both deeply in love with and yet was murdered. But that's fine. Was this a scene in Inland Empire? No, no, no. That is a movie on Netflix right now that he made in the last couple of years. And it is... I don't definitely sent you the link to this. How do I not know? What in Fade Routh's space thong are you two (laughs) talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Who else would be talking about fucking a chicken than David Lynch? Please. Where is your professionalism, sir? Oh wow, Sting, get some talking powder or something. Um, okay. <laughs> Fredworthy five, I'm coming back to this. Um, here we go. So uh first question. Uh what is your biggest fandom and why is it Dune? <laughs> uh the uh, answer is Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, <laughs> I've Seriously, watched no. Dune so many times now, my brain can only <laughs> accept that if I've decided I love it more than anything else. Okay. No fair taking my answer, that's bullshit. Seriously, though, it doesn't have to be Dune. What is your biggest fandom? <laughs> oh, man. The weird thing is at this point, it might be Dune. Like, uh, because specifically of this project, like, I was going to call it a day having read Dune and then. And then you were like, we should watch Dune. And so we watched it. And then just being online and trying to get content for uh, the Sasterpiece page and things, I joined groups that talked about the future books. And so I was like, I don't know what any of these are about. I guess I have to read the rest of the series. Mm. And so now it's happening. Uh, yeah. it, it maybe should have happened, but oh boy, does it get to be a slog at some places. <laughs> it, uh, it- Mm-hmm. I I completely agree. As oh. as someone who has like had read all the books before, mm-hmm. and I have like a little baby confession to make is that I I started the series over when Michael said he was starting it over because it's like oh well, I'll start well, we, it. Over. We kind of all did. Um, people, like have this thing to talk about. That's great. And then I started yeah. it over, and I went, oh shit, this is such. <laughs> Wagner. Oh no. <laughs> and I like I I realized I started like forgetting the book around the house in weird places. Like I definitely left it in the freezer one time. And that's so very poor water discipline. Yeah. It really it, it is. It is. Like yeah. But like I I just kept forgetting and I was like, oh, I really don't want to read this. Like oh, I just really don't want to. <laughs> but like i sort of gave up which is like very oh, bad because like, well i have like all the like i like i have hardback editions of all these mm-hmm. fucking things and like i read children of dune and hall of dune and all that shit like when it came out right. and i'm like going back to it now i'm like what what so, i i have some very old hardbacks uh that i have Borrowed indefinitely from my father-in-law, who uh, I don't, I don't have the typical like ah gur in-laws thing. But here's here's how you know the man is a monster. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you keep track of where you are in a book. If you're lawful good and use a bookmark, oh, no. or if you or if you remember the page number, or maybe oh, no. people might say with bated breath, 
you dog ear the pages. Am I going to be angry? You're about to be, because he would tear a little bit (laughs) off the corner of the page. Not only that, there are some tears at the top of the page, and some at the bottom because he then reread it and had to keep track of where he was in the reread. No. Oh my god. just left it in the freezer and (laughs) froze it on that one page. Um, I didn't damage the book. I mean, Wow. That's so wrong. Um, I've checked. They're not like first editions or anything where it would be like a true crime. Uh. Well, I was a little later uh, starting my reread. I had um, read it in... And I, I was a junior in high school, I think, when I read it, read the first book. And I did oh. manage to finish that over the summer. And I still have, like, the bookmark that I made. Um and I'm still using it for the other. Uh, no, just dunes and like a sunrise over the horizon. Um, so what you're saying is you designed the Facebook Messenger background, and we all. Uh, owe yes. It. Yes. Thank, thank you. I also Tim. invented the Mick Griddle, just so you know. Hold on. Oh, wow. um, Tim has gone beyond the lawful good of keeping your place in a book because he won't even deign to use a generic. Tim apparently has to custom make a bookmark that fits in with the themes of the book as he understands them. Or at least uh, it did because you've got to you've got to start at page one uh, to make the bookmark. (laughs) Well, I I had seen the movie several times, probably uh, at least five or six years earlier. But um, as we had discussed. Um, but yeah, I'm finally getting into the other ones. I am just, I think, into the first 20 pages of Children of Dune, and it hasn't gotten um, dumpster fire crazy yet, but um, my understanding Really? Because is- I feel like by page 20, uh, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to um, uh, the parts where... I, I get to and and question my sanity and whether or not I should continue reading, as uh, Kay has already discovered apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I but, earlier today resolved that I I wanted to get through the rest and have decided I'm going to put them in places around the house where I have no choice but to read something and leave it at that. So you're not going to pre-freeze them. No. What I'm hearing. Okay. The freshness cool. is already that's, locked in. That's I, what I, we I, in the theater business call a cold mm-hmm. read. Oh, whoa. But I'm pumped. That's a so, um, the, I, I guess that this is your final answer, Michael. Dune is your, your biggest fandom that you're into. <laughs> at least at the moment, yeah. Kay, is that is that the same for you or not? No. <laughs> um, uh, I think, gosh, if I like probably had to nail some business down about what I'm still like actively obsessive about, it's probably, it, it's, it, it's probably somewhere in between uh, League of Legends and Steven Universe. I'm definitely kind of stuck between those i oh gosh or maybe star trek Discovery. wait is league of legends difficult as a game uh 
I know nothing about this game it, at all. It can be. Well, just because like, just Steven Universe is about gems, so if you're split between those, you are literally between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the pun cast. Oh, but yeah, also Star Trek Discovery, my God. Um, I, I, but like, I, I really, really love, um, I, I love League of Legends, all the lore in there, and like Riot, I, I played since like closed beta. I had a, there was a, there was a monster named after me at one point, and like test, and that was very Ooh. cool. Oh wow! It had a buff. <laughs> it's cool. Um, and this it, is like so long ago. Oh my gosh. Um, and so he's still going for it now and it's not there. Um, Steven Universe, I, I'm actually about to restart like the whole series over again because I don't know. It's been a long uh, 2022 and I could use a cry. So, yeah. 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 Um, I, I love Steven Universe. I particularly really like uh, the character Rose Quartz because. She is an absolute fucking mess and, you know, has a lot of like growth and progress, but is cool. And I feel like that's something the world could do with more of <laughs> people just being understanding and decent. Uh, League of Legends. Oh, my God. I love their lore. I love their art. I, I, I really enjoy competitive uh, co-op gaming. So, like I said, and I've been there since like way back in the day and it's it's just a really cool series and and they've done so much with it and the same with steven universe my gosh it's it it's done so much good for a lot of people it, a lot of the fandom maybe like but the material itself is very kind-hearted and wholesome and means well and i really feel like the world could do with more that yeah. just yeah. meant well that by is something it. you cannot say of dune no. 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 Only thing I can say of Doom is beef swelling. So, <laughs> and that's not good for anyone. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, what's the most important thing you do for self care? Hmm. Uh. I think one of the most important things I do for self-care is the little things that I've meant to do. Uh, like, there can be things that's like, I've meant to put that away for, like, several days now. Or, like, currently, uh, I've just been meaning to buy more pajama pants, and I haven't. And there's no real reason behind it. So it's little things, like the little purchases you need to make, or, like, man, I haven't... I haven't clipped my nails in a while because it just, you know, you get kind of into the hustle and bustle of things. And, and at least I let little things fall by the wayside and it starts to really get at me. Oh. Uh, so then when I do that little thing, it's like, okay, yeah, now, now we're good. Now we're, we're pretty set. Okay. I know this is an important topic close to your heart. What, what do you do? Uh, Honestly, I I sleep a lot more than I used to. <laughs> that's, been, that's been pretty rad. Um, uh, I am very, very fortunate. And for last Christmas, I was given 
a an, an inflatable hot tub made by Coleman. You should go get one. Like 600 hmm. bucks on Amazon. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I will just go out on my porch and I will get in my hot tub and I will put on something I have seen probably two to three hundred times because I'm one of those people that gets a lot of like comfort out of stuff I've already seen and like my flavor of choice is uh comedies from the 70s and 80s and like very early 90s so I'm like consuming a ton of like Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi and Steve Martin like uh Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy like I I will go out there, sit in the hot tub, put on my movie or like an old series or something and just stay out there and just make sure that like I get a bunch of good laughs in. Cool. That's awesome. I am kind of jealous of your hot tub now. You guys should totally get one. It is so worth it. And it's so (laughs) cheap. My gosh. I don't know if you're looking for sponsors, but. I can do full page ads. I've got great bikinis. Ready. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Assuming COVID was completely 100% over and you could travel anywhere to get away for a bit, where would you go? Hmm. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I, I think go, I think I'd go to Japan. I've, used to i used to be a part of like the the manga industry of a long time ago and i i always i worked in the media constantly and like very immersively but i've never actually been and it's i feel like it's so different than than here and this is what i've been told by other people who have been it is just such a wildly different place i feel like it would be just so neat to like effectively go to another another planet in a way and just be completely separate from like the health thing that America has kind of turned into and yeah. it would just really be nice something very very other I would I would really like to go there and yeah have that very separate neat thing like there's enough familiarity because of like my background that it's not completely alien but it's still so very different and Mm-hmm. I'm just really liking different right now. Yeah, That's before cool. yeah, before lockdown, I had uh, we've been talking about going to Singapore. So uh, wow. now that now that you know numbers keep waning, that keeps bringing back the uh, the conversation of like, so when <laughs> do we maybe want to go to Singapore? Is this a thing we can do? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the best uh, board game or tabletop game ever made? Mm. Which is a question it, I cannot answer on my own. Gosh, I'm I'm so torn because I feel like I, I really feel like there's a, such a, di- a difference between like well what my head I classify as like what a board game is and what a tabletop is. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm having a lot. What of is trouble. the best non-video game game? non-sportsy game game that you can I don't know I, I, I figured the, the original way I phrased the question is probably way better but no no 
I mean, yeah, it is. Or, you but... know, we'll, we'll cut the board game part of it out. How about that? Does that make it? Why? It, it's okay. <laughs> that it's content that I'm like, gosh, I don't know. Jeez, Tim. Uh, man, I don't know. I have so many like weird little games that I just like, like Dixit or Alhambra, you know, but also like I love the shit out of the game Life and I actually like Monopoly. <laughs> I have a couple different versions because I like it so much. <laughs> Wait. Everybody else uh, hates it. This time, these are the hard hitting views brought to you on the uh, <laughs> spreading and spreading podcast. Yeah, real news yeah. Uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't hate Monopoly, but what frustrates me about Monopoly, uh, at least in the non traditional versions, you know, like Doctor Who Monopoly or or whatever um, thing that they have, is they always. Um, or like say Star Wars Monopoly, this is probably a better example, uh, that they'll always like um, value uh, the Millennium Falcon and a Star Destroyer at the same value. And I'm like, <laughs> how does that make any sense? I don't, I know that, I know that these are specific spaces on the board and yeah, they have to be the same value, but it just, it always that always makes me mad. I don't know. Yeah, like, a battleship it's, it's and my crazy. friend's old RV are worth the same. <laughs> oh, man. I'm still uh, thinking. One of my favorite games is, uh, I believe the full name is something along the lines of uh, Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Duel at Mount Skull's Fire. Wow. Uh, yeah. Can we play uh, that? Battle Wizards, for sure. We absolutely can. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> it is a lot of fun. It's, you know, you, you put together these spells that have ridiculous names. And, like, the game doesn't have a mechanic that rewards you for, you know, saying it as ridiculously overdramatic as you can. But I think it's rewarding in and of itself. Uh, that It does sound amazing. It also sounds like it was made up for a sketch comedy uh, bit. But... Uh, that that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. That that cool. would definitely be at least one one of my top picks. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, we're yeah. gonna have to find a way to play that at some yeah, point. Yeah, I like oh, like in April for my birthday. There you go. Totally uh, doable. Figure that out. <laughs> okay. Uh, in twenty years' time, what will people be nostalgic for? Which is probably a bad question because, like, we I, live in such a weird, scary. No, time. no. I, I, I think people will be nostalgic for the pandemic. People will have forgotten <laughs> that it kind of sucked. They'll just be like, "Man, I miss when we could just stay home and no one expected you to wear pants." And two decades have kind of worn down the part of their brain was like, "We were kind of scared, at least a little bit, most of the time." Some of the stupidest people were being very loud in a very concerning way, and nobody knew what would happen. We'll just be on the other side of it, being like, "Oh my God, wasn't wasn't a great doing." Nothing for a year. <laughs> yeah, I I actually agree with almost exactly the same 
uh, notion, but I, I think people would be more like, oh, I, I feel like we were all so much closer to each other because, you know, we could, we had to talk, you know, we weren't so distracted, you know, like we're not at a show, you know, we're like talking to each other. We had more interpersonal, you know, more intimacy between like qu uh, quality over quantity. Like I have heard some people within the last month talk about that that's something that they are unhappy that it's going to go away. They're like, oh, I had such a better quality of interaction over the people I did interact with and quantity. And it was just so much more for me. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, you haven't left your house in four months. And I don't even know that I've seen you wear pants in that whole time. And I haven't <laughs> seen you in person at all. So really. Oh. <laughs> uh. I shouldn't answer that question because my, yes, my answer, my, my oh. answer, my answer would be uh, lower temperatures. Um, I was about so. to say, I, I filtered out a lot of strictly sad answers to get to mine. Yeah. Um, yes. So since that is my answer, let's, let's just go on with a bonus one. Um, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Wow, what a softball quote and easy. Like, who doesn't immediately know what they would say to everyone? Uh, you can always say skip or punch me in the face or hit the easy button. Did you just hit just, the easy button? I didn't hear it. I didn't. No. Okay. I, would, I would make a big to-do out of it. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say it in like a very eloquent way, but... I, if everybody could just, you know, it sounds trite as hell, but just be a little nicer. Like, please, everybody, all the time, no matter what the hell is going on in the world, is probably having a tough time. And treat them like you would want to be if you were having a tough time. Just be a little more gentle, be a little nicer. Maybe be like, hey, your hair looks rad. Cool. Done. Yeah, but just be a little nicer. Yeah, that's that is a good one. That is kind of what I would want to do. That like it's 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 easy to fight each other and to just be mad and label things. And there are certainly uh, members of the population and portions of the population that I am very frustrated with. Uh, try try to remind yourself of the humanity of the people you disagree with. Uh, even when you find them infuriating, uh, that they are they are coming from a place, and if you try to understand that place rather than just labeling them as other, uh, for one thing, you have a much better chance at getting them to a place you're more comfortable with, uh, with obviously certain limitations. So yeah. overall, a message of love and kindness, and also punch Nazis. Uh, yes, <laughs> I like it. Did you want an extra softball question? Since that one was the last two were kind of whatever kind of you want to do. Okay, all right. However was... many questions you ask, I'll answer. I, okay. I I don't want to skip. Okay. What was the last meal you made that was absolutely amazing? And that was that. That'll be the last one. Absolutely amazing. Um, I made it, or it was made for me, like at home, or or like I made it personally. Uh, 
well, I mean, if you never ever cook, which I don't think it's true, I think you cook a lot, right? Um, but it was, yeah, the the last meal you made that was absolutely amazing. I made okay. Mm. I would have trouble. I mean, if we're if we're just going for the last one, like it's it's kind of a gimme, but like it's in my opinion so easy to do steak so well. Yeah. Not actually well done, obviously, but like just right. just to make it so good. And usually pretty much every grocery trip uh, will involve, you know, just selecting a really nice steak that they have. Like the, the grocery store we go to has a pretty good butcher section. So that'll involve picking a really nice steak and just cooking it up at home, you know, with mashed potatoes and whatever vegetables we feel like grilling. And it is very simple. It's very easy to do. Like... I had a friend ask me years ago, he's like, I want to impress a girl. I want to cook something that's like easy, but impressive. I'm like, steak is the way to go. Yes. You learn like a couple tips and you can make it incredible. So like, is it the most impressive meal I've ever produced? No, but like at any point in time, because I've got, I I make it every week or two, that is Mm. usually going to be the last really good meal I made. (laughs) That's fair. And to be fair, uh, that's probably the last one I did too. To be to be honest, um, I haven't cooked in a while, but I I have a fairly good technique, I think. Okay, go ahead. I have some pretty insane dietary restrictions for health reasons, so that's it's like I'm actually like having a hard time because I'm like, geez, what is. That was okay, I guess. <laughs> so much of it is is like I, I used to be a, like there was another time in my life where I was a sous chef for a hot minute. So I'm, I'm I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at cooking in general. But like everything that I really like, like a lot, I can't have anymore. So I'm sort of okay. Well, mm, let's, let's so alter I, this. I for think you. maybe it had to be like I made myself uh, some scratch. Gluten-free, cow dairy-free macaroni and cheese. And it was just fucking amazing because it tasted like regular macaroni and cheese that uh, my grandmother would make. So I was pretty freaking excited about that. And I I just wound up with a whole conta- like a whole like glass Tupperware container of the macaroni and cheese, and like I turned to the rest of the kitchen and I just went, no, 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 no. <laughs> I assume there were people in the kitchen, not just you instructing the countertops. Uh, Scarborough was there, so uh, my cat, my cat was there, so it was, yeah, yeah. It's a very clean kitchen, clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim is in the sink. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> and that was that was the the fretworthy five plus two. Plus two. <laughs> okay. The strutworthy uh, seven. Oh. <laughs> we used fives to, and seven. Fives oh. and sevens. Ah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take a break, and when we're back, I'll talk to Michael and Kay about acting, comedy, costuming, you name it. We'll take questions from the studio audience. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. We won't be doing that. You're listening to Strutting and Fretting, and we will be right back. 
Hey, this is your host, Timothy Eggert, coming at you with some new information regarding how to support this podcast. We've just opened up the one and only Strutting and Fretting Patreon. Visit www.patreon.com slash fretme to find out how to get sneak peeks of episodes or become a producer. Wow, that sounds exciting, Tim, but what does it mean? Well, gentle listener, you gotta go to www.patreon.com slash fretme to find out. That page again is www.patreon.com slash fretme. Operators are standing by. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Strutting and Fretting. Uh, I'm talking with actors uh, Michael Paris and Kay Hoffman, a.k.a. my Saster Peeps from Saster Peace Theater. Um, so what I normally ask people during this bit of the podcast is about their actor origin stories. Um, but the collective experience of our particular group also includes managing large venue entertainment events, stand-up comedy, DJing, costuming, etc etc so um instead of asking why theater and how do you start um which is usually what i ask people i'm i think i'm just going to ask where did you start and then touch on all the interesting aspects of your artistic life so far so um i hope that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) but i mean well michael did you start with acting did you how did you okay um I, I come from a, a very theater-heavy family. Uh, my, my mom was in plays growing up. My dad was in plays and musicals. Uh, I you know went and saw a lot of my older sister's plays. And uh, the, the very first role I believe I ever had was in second grade. Uh, I, I played Sheldon the Shark in the school play, a role that was uh, not just given out at random, but given out mistakenly. I think it was just like <laughs> what? whatever order people were sitting in, they were like, you do this. And it was oh. like broken out by classroom. Oh. And they didn't realize that the part they'd handed me like actually had a bit and like the overarching loose narrative about like <laughs> teaching kids about marine biology or whatever. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and so some, some poor sap had the unenviable task of trying to teach like a seven-year-old how to do a Brooklyn accent. Uh, wow because because that's what they decided the part needed and that's uh, a very uh, highfalutin wow yeah elementary school way not not miscast it was kismet there you go that's cool uh and uh yeah attention is a drug and i i had no stage fright. I just, I just wanted more. Uh, so I, you know, continued to be in school plays and, you know, in middle school started taking theater classes and that went on through high school. Uh, took a few theater classes in college and, and appeared in a few plays. Uh, so that was, that, that, that's my acting career. Have you, uh, and, and how did you bridge to uh, comedy? Or was there a bridge? Starting in, like, I don't know. I want to say I was, like, 13 or 14. Like, I started doing it in just little, like, summer camp talent shows and things. And I did it in a talent show in college. And a guy that I actually knew from that same summer camp uh, 
he was like, so you do stand-up? I'm like, well, like, kind of, you just saw it. He's like, do you go to any of the open mics? And I was like, well, no. And he's like, then you're not really doing it. <laughs> and, uh... Really? Wow. Okay. Well, here's the, the, the thing is, that that guy, uh, this is going to be my own version of that, that child's name, Albert Einstein. Uh, his name's Matthew Broussard. And if you oh. look him up, like, he's got a Comedy Central special. Like, he's been yeah. on Fallon recently. Like, yep. He is out there doing things. He's in a the the latest Billy Crystal movie. Like he's in the trailer and everything. Like oh, wow. he is doing stuff. So for for him to be the one to have gotten me into it, it's like all right, yeah, that's that's pretty legit. You get to yell at me. You are you are very good at this. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. Um, how about UK? Um, I. My family actually had absolutely nothing to do with the arts whatsoever <laughs> at all. Um, and when I was real little, uh, like, and we're talking like kindergarten, and they started putting together plays at the school and whatever, I forced my way onto working on costumes and sets. And, and again, I'm like, for real, I mean, I'm like five. And because I, I already knew it, so my grandmother had taught me as a way to like keep me busy, um, and I I like put, I like sewed together like paper like big you know construction paper turkey bodies and like feathers and stuff as like one of wow. the first things I did, and I just I thought that was the absolute best, and I got to paint things like with my hands and and you know whatever and that was like so amazing and then my teacher was like well you can't like i've like this one day they came back and said hey you you can't you need to go do something else now you can't work on the stuff anymore and i was so upset and i was like why 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 and they're like because and essentially what it boiled down to is the kids participation was mandatory and like the performance part so they wouldn't let me work on backstage anymore because i had to go do front stage stuff and it's it's all just like the sea of little kids and everybody's saying the same thing and nobody is as cool as Michael and got to be Sheldon like right out of the gate, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so it's just like a bunch of little kids and we're doing like some kind of holiday play, whatever. And uh, some of the kids got these like super sparkly costumes and then some of them had like a plain blue and they were like supposed to be water. And I was like... <sighs> can I be sparkly? And they were like, yeah, you can totally be sparkly. And I was like, fuck yes. And just I basically spent the rest of my life just wanting to be sparkly. Oh, okay. So like, I'm, I, so I make costumes and I, I was like, I grew up, um, my grandmother was very, very excited that I was into sewing too and spent a lot of time like teaching me more. Um, I won um, a lot of these ridiculous like, kid costume things growing up and a lot of like art stuff because I, I used to be an artist and stuff um and as i got older uh theater became an option like when i got in high school i was like let me do that and i loved to do um obviously sets and costuming and makeup but i also that's when i first started doing um directing marking where like basically you go through it and like put tell everybody where to be do all the blocking do all the everything and it turned out i was i was so good at that uh that my teacher uh came up to me after class and was like i need to let you know that 
you have a B plus on your paper that is scribbled out and has been replaced with an A plus because I graded yours first and then I did everyone else and I realized this was amazing and she gave me better marks and I was like well that still means I was like average on comparison to her expectations but way to be a big fish in a little pond there kid <laughs> so I really liked it I learned more about it um, when I went to college I, partic I participated in the costuming there too and I uh, over the years like I did a lot of plays I did dance ballet gymnastics all that kind of stuff and I got uh, really involved after college in cosplay and like selling like crafted goods and stuff like that. And I live in Austin uh, with my, my family and we're like spooky weird goth people. Um, and the local goth bar is called Elysium and my husband had been going there forever. So he's very established. I just would kind of go along with him and just sort of twiddle my thumbs because I didn't really know anybody. And I'm, uh, and I, I didn't really know what to do and we made he was friends with the owner and the owner commented to me that he thought I should learn how to DJ because he's like you know well maybe you'll feel more comfortable if like you've got something cool to do and he was like I could use one I was like all right sure so I learned how to DJ and after I learned how to DJ all of a sudden people started wanting to come to things when I was DJing and oh, I wasn't cool. sure what to do with that so I just started throwing parties and then the parties got bigger than my house and had to be at the bar. And now uh, one of my shows was featured on Good Morning America, which was the Nightmare Before Christmas, Gothic Ball and Bazaar, which is very cool. And we do every year. Um, I do um, local pole uh, dance entertainment showcases for like a studio named SoFly, who are super amazing. I totally should go there. Uh, I uh, do. I, I where I met you guys, the Texas Renaissance Festival, where I started there as a DJ because I could be sparkly and flashy, and you know, <laughs> I could say a line and play Taylor Swift at the same time. And yeah, I went on and I went to do cast, and that was fine in costuming for a while. And uh, now I've transitioned to full time. I work for a really amazing clothing company called Maresca who make costumes <laughs> and it's super awesome. Like I, I go out and I do fair. I have turned like this gig job of doing fair and like working for a costuming company. It's like a, like a full-time thing. And in Austin, I host at least one event a month, sometimes more. And they're always really great. It's a, fantastic community i'm really glad to like be here and basically get to do all like this weird nerdy stuff for money like, <laughs> well that is the dream it's it's fun and what do you mean i get to do this and eat as well nerd <laughs> pretty, out cash yes yeah it's yeah it's pretty cool like i and uh however i will say unlike michael i have crippling stage fright that anytime I do anything I am stuffing back down into my body and going we're just doing this anyway so don't don't feel like I, you have to be a natural to succeed I wish I could bestow upon you the confidence of a mediocre white man uh, <laughs> <laughs> can confirm it's pretty great uh, <laughs> 
Wow. Didn't you also... Um, so true. At some point during that, it sounds like maybe 15 years span that you just told us there. Um, uh, weren't you also like programming video games or uh, like, I dream did... that? No, uh, I, no, you didn't. Um, I, I also uh, did a, a small amount of game design um, here in Austin for like uh, hot minutes. And I also used to be in... Uh, publishing, not just like I know I mentioned that I, I did publishing for like manga companies, but I uh, here I've worked for Marvel, DC, IDW, um, Top Cow, uh, yeah, and like wow. uh, yeah, I've, I've a lot of really cool publishers because uh, I was involved in a, a digital uh, publishing and distribution. It was really freaking cool just to like meet all these different people. Like I used to like I, I used to be a guest at. Um, conventions and and stuff like that and we would just go up there and like i said we're just we were just being nerds we were just like answering questions about stuff that we were already interested in and wanted to talk about anyway so it's pretty ideal <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty rad <laughs> my uh, major price is you are kind of broke sometimes and you're real <laughs> nervous all the time oh. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> Sounds like a good life, though. That's cool. Um, I know that there isn't really a day-to-day um, kind of routine for a fledgling uh, stand-up comic, but um, what what is your... Can you tell us a little bit about your process as far as um, doing stand-up comedy in Houston, Michael? Uh, sometimes I think of something funny and I try to write it down. Uh, there you go. <laughs> just that simple, it, is it? I I would like to put out a, a a PSA kind of on on behalf of most, if not all, comics. Uh, what I what my process is not is random people in my life coming up and telling me stories and then saying you're allowed to tell that on stage. By the way, or like <laughs> you can use that in your act. And it's it's tough because some people are so well-meaning and they don't realize they are the 457th person to tell you a a story (laughs) and be like, and you can use that in your act if you want. It's like, okay. And the worst thing, the worst thing is that I can't say we never use that because one time a friend of mine told a story at a party and granted he didn't approach me, but I talked to him. I was like, do you mind if I tell that on stage? (laughs) so i i kind of hate that it happened once that i can't just be like it's never okay it's never good whatever your bullshit story is it's never all right to tell on stage no at least once i've been like oh man i'd really like to tell that on stage actually uh you know and and different people have different processes i know a lot of comics uh don't like to prepare their material uh, oh, wow! But like, at least coming from a theater background, I, I really like to write out my act, which right. can be a problem because uh, nobody likes it when you you sound very rehearsed. Mm, okay. Uh, so that is a thing I try to keep in mind when I am performing. But yeah, uh, I wish I were doing a better job of it while I'm not on stage, at least writing things 
so that, you know, whenever I make my eventual return to the stage, I can be like, here's all this new material. Uh, I've, I've, I've got a few things, but yeah, mostly it's, I'd, I'd like to get back in the groove of it again. Do you usually put together like an hour set or, or how do you, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've so, not to give you, to give you an idea, oh. a, a typical like headliner set yeah. is 40 or 45 minutes. I have done that twice. Okay. Uh, which are both like, oh my god, I can't believe I got the opportunity to do this. It is uh, a lot more common to do, uh, if you're in a proper show, somewhere in between 10 and 20 minutes. Uh, I, as a rule, in, or just as a general thing, if I am going to be talking for less than 15, definitely if it's a 10-minute set, then I don't feel the need to like essentially make a set list of jokes. Like I, I know my material and things, so it's, I can think of something to say. And if it's going to be like 15 or 20 minutes, then it's like, okay, this really needs to have a lot more structure, except uh, now it's been long enough since I've been on stage that part of me is worried that I'm going to get up for a 10 minute set and be like, I don't need to pray or anything. I know my own jokes. And I'll be like, Oh, I actually haven't said this in a year and a half. And I'm struggling to remember how it goes. So, uh... I I remember there was a time in COVID, um, or you know, and and you couldn't sustain this for. I think you did it for what for nine months or something, where you had a weekly Twitch, um, show. Fireside chat. Fire, yep. Yeah, you're on fireside chats. So, and yeah. that was talk, talk about that a bit. Cause that's kind of what kept me sane for a while. <laughs> um, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, first of all, at least that, that one person was watching. Uh, <laughs> so that all started when uh, among other people, uh, but primarily like Tifa Tiddlywinks, who is the, uh, the producer head, big head honcho person of Dem Dem Dames burlesque troupe uh, in collaboration with some other people that I don't quite know who was in charge of what, so it's hard to me to, for me to give proper credit. Uh, they, you know, there's a huge network of performers who, like, this is how they, they make their living, and so when things were starting to shut down, you know, they were concerned about their income stream, so they put together a 24-hour streamathon, and I was like, well, yeah, let, wow. me, let me do a set. And so we did that, and then, like, we would like to have, like, recurring segments and so i thought it would be funny to do like a fireside chat you know reminiscent of the fdr fireside chats and i struggled a lot to find a balance there between pre-writing like material and just like responding to the comments and going off the cuff because for an hour-long show that is a long time to try to go off the cuff and respond to people but then right. for a while I was over scripting it where like I couldn't respond to anybody. Uh, and also that is a lot of work. I would, you know, put easily like eight to 12 hours a week into doing this, you know, one hour show. Uh, and, and it wasn't until Sunday nights. So I had my you know day job during the week, try to work on it a bit at weekends I'm a procrastinator, so that would mean a lot of Saturday and Sunday would actually be writing the show. Oh, and so I think it was Sundays at 9 
Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. until Sundays at 10 that I was done, at which point I had about an hour and a half of free time before I needed to go to bed because <laughs> I needed to go to Start work the next again. morning. Yeah. Uh, so it was fun to do and really fun to not do yeah. anymore. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, I can't imagine um, the work that went into that every week. I mean, I watch, um, you know, people like John Oliver doing last week tonight, and he's got a team of writers doing these things. Um, yeah, that's why his show is actually him. good. Well, your show <laughs> was great too, and it was just you doing that. So, I mean, hats off to you um, for keeping us laughing weekly during the pandemic for as long as you did that. I thought that was really cool. I am glad it was appreciated. Uh, Kay, back when you were uh, acting for your short period of time, like before costume life took over, do you have any favorite <laughs> roles that you did? Oh, uh, that's easy. Uh, at the okay, I have two, um, three, no, three. Uh, in high school, um, I I did both Medea, you know, Medea, oh, and wow. and Roxanne and a Cyrano de Bergerac. And I really loved doing both of those. That was super, super awesome. Like they were, I, and I I did them in the same year because man, I I love me some dichotomy. And (laughs) it was really fun. Like I, I really enjoyed being such very, very different people. It was really fun to put on that skin like when I was a teenager and then at the Texas Renaissance Festival uh, my favorite character there was when I was Mary Poppins and I was also the master or Missy and I spent a bunch of time uh, in Germany with my court but also in England and running about the town with the doctor who's Tim hello yes uh, it was a good time. It was fun. We got drunk um, on candy floss. Yes. As all as all Gallifreyans do. Yeah. As they do. They do. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have a very unique body chemistry and <laughs> respiratory. Gallifreyan anatomy so. course available on sastapiecetheater.com. <laughs> <laughs> only at a certain Patreon level. Um, <laughs> it's me and Tim in matching bikinis with like notes written on our bodies. God. <laughs> uh, uh, do, Michael, favorite roles from back when you were acting? Uh, favorite roles when from back when I was acting. Uh, I did. Well, you get still do it occasionally. Be, yeah. Uh, I don't do a lot out of stage acting recently, so a lot of this is going to be like high school and college. Uh, in high school, I was able to be uh, Einstein in Picasso with the Lapin Agile, which... Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, if anyone's unfamiliar <laughs> with that show, like, get get the, the play and read it. Uh, it's not quite as good as seeing it performed, so if someone's performing it around you, go see that. Uh, but it felt fantastic to be able to be part of it, and to be such a... The, the premise of the show is that Picasso and Einstein were both in Paris in 1913, which was like before, or is that the right? Anyway, they were both in Paris kind of right before they started to like produce the work for which they're famous. And so there's no proof that they ever met at a bar, but what if they did? Uh, 
And so that is a very fun show. And uh, a uh, so perfectly recommend it. A perfectly legit uh, question for Steve Martin to ask: Who's the playwright for that? Yeah, for that play. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Question to you both: What haven't you done yet that you really, really want to do in your okay? Um, that's artistic okay. I, life? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really want to do Sastry Peace live at a venue. <laughs> I really want to yes. do that. Yes. Yeah. And now everyone looks like a jerk if they don't say <laughs> that. <laughs> well, screw Sasterpiece. Well, I have this individual <laughs> ambition that I'm much more excited about, everybody. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Um, that's well, absolutely the next thing I want to do. Um, <laughs> uh, otherwise, um, I'm hoping to uh, host my own festival within the next two years at an Ooh. independent location. I don't think I've heard about this yet. You haven't. Hmm. <laughs> okay. This, this is a, uh, a this spreading exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got the uh, scoop. Look forward to Cave Fest in um, 2022, 24. Um, good lord. Um, well, did you answer the question, Michael? No. No. Uh, is there uh, stuff you want to do other than, I mean, obviously you want to um, have live performances for Sasterpiece Theater for decades to come. But other than that. That, that does fold into my answer. Like, I... There are things that I'm curious to try, but the biggest thing right now is I'd like to take the things that I am doing and take them to another level. So I'd like to kind of start touring and doing comedy in different cities and and just kind of trying myself out in front of different crowds. And part of that would be, or not part of the same thing, but on a similar vein, is I'd like to do more Sasterpiece things, like do live shows, do them in different different cities see like what our different responses are because i don't i don't do film and recorded media all that much yeah and so i am hooked on that live feedback and so while it's great to have our recording of the riffs and of dune and you know we'll do a showing and people will get back to us and be like oh man here's what i loved about that just just that you you say something and people react to it right away is irreplaceable for me. So yes, more Sasterpiece live shows, more comedy shows. I'd like to be out there doing things in front of people, you know, when it is not at all terrifying to be <laughs> around other people. Right. Yeah, and... Uh... I yes. don't have stage fright, but I'm kind of a germaphobe, so at this point it evens out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have been because, uh, like I said, I'm a I'm a producer up here and I host shows. And I've had uh, Michael as a performer at my shows uh, more than once. He's always done a super awesome job. So they're a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, I have I have been very sad when like he he was not cool. Like he wasn't okay with like going and doing a show yet. I'm like, <sighs> so I'm just like sitting over here going, I'm just waiting. Just well, there was there was a very specific moment I remember actually mm. on the first show back, uh, Apocalyptic AF, which I got to be it the was, MC for, and that was, was a blast. 
fucking and apocalyptic. Was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, there was a point because that fell right when like people had gotten vaccinated and mm-hmm. there was that optimism of, hey guys, we may have beaten this. Oh, I remember. And I remember that. looking yeah, it was out over the crowd. Looking out over the crowd and thinking, like, wow, here is a bunch of people in relatively close quarters just just breathing all over each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's okay now. And how cool is it that that's okay now? Oh, and then I... there was the Delta spike, and I was yeah. like, I don't think I will be comfortable doing that for a very long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember that week. I saw you guys yeah. at, at Neil's bar that week. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. What a week. <laughs> that was a great week. Yeah. <laughs> that week was so long ago, I forgot the proper name of the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think Hopefully we'll all... get to do one this year if it's safe. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we'll, yeah. I mean, Regardless of what COVID is doing, we'll have some Twitch things coming up. So I, I look forward to that for sure. Um, and I know that there are people that are interested in us and safe ways to do it. So I, I, I'm very confident that we will do some live shows this year. Um, that said, I am going to go find some wood to knock on. But I am uh, uh, very very confident in that um it's pretty much all the questions i had um i wanted to thank both of you for uh coming by and um actually it's 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 kind of weird having this weird formal setting where i get to know my (laughs) friends a little bit better but um i i was super happy to have this opportunity so yeah thank you for helping bring back the podcast to a degree um because I, you know, I did, uh, this will be a couple weeks before this goes out, but I did an interview yesterday. And uh, this is like the second one that I've had in two years. I figured out I hadn't had a new episode of Strutting and Fretting in, since mm. September 2019. So it's been a while. There was some stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> COVID is definitely taking yeah. its toll. Anyway. That said, um, uh, Kay Hoffman and Michael Paris have both joined me in the adventure that is Sastrophe's Theater, our latest project, a commentary, uh, comedy commentary for David Lynch's Dune is now on sale <laughs> at sastrophe'stheater.com. I am seeing the whole trailer. That. You can check out the trailer and decide there if is, it's something you're into. There is an awesome trailer on sastrophe'stheater.com. Uh, Sasterpiece Theater is also easy to find on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and <clears throat> Patreon uh, <laughs> with events coming soon to Twitch. Uh, Michael can be found at facebook.com slash Michael Paris Comedy. And Kay can be found at facebook.com slash Azaregrayers. Um, Grace. Okay, I was close. Do we want to spell okay. both? I mean, like at least my I, name will be in I, I, the title, I assume, so they know it's it'll P-A-R-A-S. be in the title. I'm and... the only K. I'm one of the few Ks. So, um, are you the only Agrozais? I would say Facebook.com/slash AZ. That's why that's the address. So yes, A Z R E G R E I S. 
It'll also be in the notes for the podcast. So if you get your podcast wherever you get your podcast, you can usually scroll down and see links for these. I do get my podcast wherever I get my podcast. (laughs) There you go. How did you know? It's crazy. You can find this one where better and some terrible podcasts are found. So... (laughs) We interrupt these credits for breaking news. Michael Paris will be appearing in Houston at The Secret Group on March 12th for the Best of The Secret Group Comedy Showcase and on March 30th for the $2 Bill Comedy Show. Details at thesecretgrouphtx.com. This just in. Kay Hoffman is appearing in Austin at Elysium on March 12th for House of Mab and on April 16th for Romy and Michelle's Nightlife at the Roxbury. More info at ElysiumOnline.net. Now back to your podcast credits already in progress. Um, you've been listening to Strutting and Fretting, conversations with actors and performing artists from Houston Beyond. Our theme music is by Ben Miller. And speaking to you from my study, which um, is also known as Studio E42, I'm your host, Timothy Eggert. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the cheap seats.